the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. The Federal Reserve's biggest rate hike in Wednesday took place. The expectation of more to come, all aimed at trying to bring down 40-year high inflation, topping 8%. Welcome to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that faithful each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager and the principal of Vitucci and Associates, Pat Vitucci. Well, Pat, wow, it is a remarkable almost two-week ride here on Wall Street to think that we've seen almost a 4,000-point drop. Now, of course, this continues to be a very fluid situation, and and by the time we say this, it could have changed for all we know. But certainly all of the signs are pointing to not only recessionary times, we firmly seem to now be in bear territory. The worm is turning, as they say. It, It is beginning to look like an entirely... New psychology in the market, thousands of point drops over the last couple of weeks. So whether you call it recession, whether you call it a depression, certainly a significant correction. And how long it lasts, no one really knows. Inflation is, to my view, out of control with the price of oil, which is a tax on everything we touch. It's hitting records every day. Of course, in California, we're leading the country in highest gas prices. But with the three-quarter point rise that the Federal Reserve injected this week, it's all designed to slow things down. And, you know, we still have a supply chain problem, and then China is still in a lockdown. And, of course, we've got the Ukraine-Russia war sprinkling in, you know, a shortage of corn oil and wheat. And they make a metal that's in all of the chips. So I think it's going to exacerbate the chip shortage. So we've got some compounding things along, in my view, with some bad economic policy that's just exacerbating the entire problem. Thank God they didn't pass that build back better. We would have had 12, 13, 14% inflation by then. Somebody said, don't pass build back better, put it back the way you found it. It's kind of a cute way of politically saying they're not a fan of Biden, I guess. 
But we've got some issues that are going to play out in the next couple quarters at least, at least till the end of the year, probably into 23. So brace yourself, folks, for what I think is going to be a wild ride. And for those with a long-term view, if you're young enough and don't need to use your capital in the next 12 to 18 months, you could be looking at wonderful buying opportunity. You'll see more and more companies buying their own shares through this buyback system. Because companies are in pretty good shape. They've got a lot of cash on hand. And so they're in a, in a pretty enviable position to take advantage of these Macy's White Flower Day sale prices on the stock market. But for the average person, we've got to look at some significant sector rotation. We talk a lot on this show about sector rotation. Some areas of the economy will continue to do reasonably well, given the bear market that we appear to be in or maybe approaching very soon. So you've got to really take a good, hard look at where you're at. The worst thing you want to do is move to cash. It's not timing the market. It's time in the market. That doesn't mean you sit on your thumbs and do nothing. The name of the show is Don't Invest and Forget. That means you got to pay attention. And if you don't pay attention, you tend to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so I would encourage all of our listeners to look at their 401ks, IRAs, whatever funds they have, annuities they might have. And look at what areas of the economy you're invested, and do you think those areas will participate fully in the next 6, 12, 18 months? I think that's the real critical question is being in some sector of this market that will at least not potentially suffer giant downslides in the market. If you can be breaking even or coming close to breaking even, that's a winner portfolio. So we've got to look at areas of the economy that you personally are comfortable with from a a risk assessment point of view, and then make those changes and monitor and follow up very carefully. Pat, I'm curious, are we sort of in a perfect storm scenario here, meaning we've come off of a prolonged period of time with artificially low interest rates? arguably artificially high stock values, or at least P.E. ratios that, in not all cases, but in many cases, seem to be fairly out of whack. Then we experience COVID. Now, all of a sudden, we have the Fed stepping in, attempting to ease inflation by raising interest rates against the backdrop of ongoing issues, as you delineated a moment ago, supply chain problems, Russia impacting oil, China's shutdown impacting virtually everything else. And we're even beginning to see some of the so-called recovery stocks beginning to falter a bit. Is all of this a perfect storm? And if so, I'm wondering, has the Fed either done too little too late, too much too late, Are they out of tools? What is your sense in terms of how effective this 75 basis point increase will be? Because certainly on the day of, Wall Street doesn't seem to be very thrilled at the moment. I think politically, the government gave away too much money. They passed one of those multi-trillion dollar bills, and everybody got checks, and people were being paid to stay at home. So we've got a labor shortage. A lot of young folks just aren't motivated to go to work. They were getting checks for a long, long time, and they managed that money well. So everywhere you go, restaurants and any service company is having labor issues. Most of the Starbucks that I go to are on abbreviated hours 
or they've closed the indoor and you can only do the drive up, any combination thereof. We've got that labor shortage, I think, which was artificially induced by some policy making. We've got mortgage rates now in the five and a half percent range. Just a scant couple months ago, it was half of that, 2.75, two and a half percent. It was historically low. Now we're getting more towards the normal range of mortgage rates. But the home buyer was pretty elated because they were getting really low monthly payments. Well, now those monthly payments are dramatically higher. Does the increase in the overnight lending rate, as it has certainly an effect on mortgage rates, I mean, we hear about major issues related to how supply and demand is driving the cost of home prices, and certainly no region of the country is higher when it comes to demand than the greater San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm wondering, what does all of this translate into? Are we going to experience a cooling off then of the cost of housing in the San Francisco Bay Area, and how does that offset against the demand issue? Well, you know, inventory is really, really low. So I think it, it'll take some time for the buyers to um, adjust. But I think once we get some equilibrium in supply and demand, we're going to see a significant slowdown in buyers and sellers. Sellers who are not going to be motivated because they're not going to get that price that they could have gotten a couple, three or four months ago. They kind of missed the window that was so attractive, and that motivated a lot of boomers to say, okay, I'm out of California, I'm moving to, and fill in the blank, Texas, Tennessee, Arizona, Portugal, Costa Rica. So a lot of my clients have picked up stakes, cast in their expensive homes, and bought bigger homes, dramatically smaller prices. So I think that whole segment of activity is going to come to a screeching halt. And I think younger buyers are now going to need to take a pause potentially with higher interest rates. Craig, that has a direct impact on monthly payments. And so that's what young buyers look at is, can I afford that monthly payment? They may have been looking at a $2 million house, and now they've got to settle for $1.3 million house or something to get an equivalent monthly mortgage payment. All that, it's going to slow everything down, and uh, there's no question. We're in a pivoting period that once we were going 100 miles an hour in one direction, you know, we've got to slam on the brakes and make a quick right or left turn, depending on where you're going. But it is pivotally different than just a scant couple weeks ago. And now with a three-quarter point rise, if you've got any Visa, MasterCard, debt, Certainly you want to get rid of that, but now you're, it's going to be dramatically higher. If you're going to buy a car, they'll eventually ride up even more than the 5.5% range. Undoubtedly, as we move through this transitional period of time in the markets, there are going to be winners and losers. That really underscores your constant message of don't invest and forget. Don't anticipate that what's seen to perform last month, last year, will continue to be the same well-performing investment vehicles in the future. A lot of that's going to change. One area, certainly, where we're seeing some pretty significant change has been in cryptocurrency. My goodness, Pat, the latest numbers seem to indicate that uh, one particular crypto 
a $900 billion loss in value. When we talk about a trillion dollars just suddenly disappearing, uh, that that would suggest, I would imagine, that that's going to be pretty severe for people that were counting on that money. And ironically enough, the ripple effect of all that's going on on Wall Street really has just beginning. You know, Bitcoin has always been at the far, far, far end of the risk spectrum. You know, if you have CDs on one end, ultra-conservative certificates of deposit, you've got Bitcoin and other alternative investments at the far end. So it's always speculative, but a lot of young people were having visions of being a millionaire very soon or a billionaire very soon. I mean, I literally heard stories of 30-somethings saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't have to work anymore. I'm going to be, you know, a multi-multi-millionaire because I bought Bitcoin at X dollars. When you go through these kinds of markets, it currently flushes out all that enthusiasm, and you kind of get rooted back down to earth. Your feet have to hit the ground and kind of understand the real risk you were taking by buying a Bitcoin. I mean, it's unregulated. It's frontier land. I mean, extremely speculative, and maybe it's got a future, but at $60,000 a Bitcoin, uh, that was a bit of a stretch, and I think it's down to 18 or 20 it, I don't follow it. I know it's lost at least two-thirds of its value. A lot of those folks are being introduced to risk. They all thought it was going to be nothing but everything was going right to the moon, and you know, I don't have to work anymore. I own, I own Bitcoin. I literally heard a lot of that rhetoric. Most of us older folks thought it was pretty silly, and Sadly, it has come true. And, and there could be a very a future in, in the digital space. I think until the government wraps their arms around it and figures out how to regulate it, I think we're a ways off from that being accepted as some normal um, type of currency. So outside of those who have an appetite for extreme adventure and risk and looking at investment vehicles like that, if we can even safely consider it such, the rest of us are wondering, okay, what's next? Indeed, there's a ton of uncertainty right now. We're seeing pretty significant market volatility. There have been hopes. We saw a little bit of a rally in the markets here in the last few weeks. It certainly seemed to be tied into the notion that hopefully inflation is now peaking. But now, of course, that story has fallen apart with the most recent CPI report indicating that we're seeing broad inflation across the board. Now the question is, for two profiles of people, the individual five years or more away from retirement and for the individual that is perilously close, meaning within the next year to six months, how do these two profiles, Pat, need to begin responding to what we're seeing right now? As you point out, there are other risks involved if you decide to simply go to cash because now you've locked in all of those losses. So walk us through, if you would, what are some of the fundamental steps that people who've been afraid to open up their 401k envelopes are now really concerned about what they're going to experience personally and how that may potentially impact their quality of life at retirement? Yeah, that person, that couple you mentioned that is maybe a year or a year and a half away from retirement, they very well could may need to postpone their retirement another year or so. We have to see how long this correction lasts. Sometimes corrections can reverse themselves within a matter of months, and certainly sometimes it takes a lot longer. There are bigger headwinds out there this time around. We've seen these corrections before, but the war in Ukraine, China is shut down, 
inflation not going away tomorrow, policymaking in Washington. I think those are strong headwinds that are stubbornly going to be with us for a while. There is pervasive thinking in Washington that $7 per gallon of gas is just fine because we're going to all be forced to buy electric cars. And that's great if you can afford one of those $100,000 electric cars. There's some strong headwinds that some folks have been wishing for this kind of environment for a long, long time. There are quiet parties going on in Washington that are clinking glasses saying, yay, we're going to get rid of this fossil fuel problem. Eventually we will, but not in the timetable that some folks in Washington want. And, and I think that's going to be the pervasive problem that's going to exacerbate this correction this time around. We've seen corrections, even the 08, Craig, if you remember, you and I were doing these same shows back in 2008, and within a scant 13, 14 months, we were already beginning to climb that wall up again. I'm concerned about some of the stubborn environmental issues that we're faced with today. It's not going to be as easy to turn this uh, ship around. And especially when you factor in supply chain issues, what's going on on the global stage, both in terms of the war, oil prices, and again, what's happening with the lockdown in China being predominantly one of the biggest exporters around the world. So there's there's a lot of uh, exacerbating and complicating factors here. Now, that addresses the issue of the challenges that a person who had hoped to retire within, say, the next uh, six months to a year may be facing. For folks that have more time in their timeline toward retirement, how should they be reacting to this? Well, if you're on a five-year window, I think you're in the, in the catbirds. You, you want to Increase your 401k contributions. You're buying shares at a significant sale price. And you can look at sectors that you think will be more participative as we climb out of this correction. So I think those folks are in the enviable position of putting more money in, in the stock market. Historically, I'm not guaranteeing this, historically, we'll be out of this correction and back into prosperous cycle again. It could be a year, it could be two, it could be three, it could be longer. But historically, these corrections tend to be short. For folks listening that say, gee, this has really got my eyes crossed and I'm not sure exactly where I ought to move, I've got grave concerns if I'm perilously close to what had been a planned retirement date, and you need some insights, or for those that say, you know, I've got some good time here, and I want to make sure that I'm making the right decisions along the way so that I can indeed take advantage of current market conditions as they work their way up later on down the timeline. If you'd like to take advantage of a complimentary financial health and retirement review, yours available free for the asking in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates or by phone or over the Internet. All you need to do is go online to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to a plethora of other resources available there, you can easily schedule your appointment online. Again, at don'tinvestandforget.com or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Don't invest and forget. Don't invest and forget. 
Well, you probably suspected it couldn't go on forever, and that has kicked off a great deal of economic nervousness in the markets, along with worries about a sharp economic slowdown in China that's only added to the problems. With some insights on what all of this means, and most importantly, if investors are starting to react from fear, then what ought your response to be? We're joined now by money manager of over 30 years, Pat Fitucci. Pat, first off, we've talked many times on the program in recent months about the fact that this is uncharted territory for a lot of us in terms of seeing the big run-up, the great run-down, run-back-up, all the volatility that we've seen, even intraday, intra-week, that has a lot of shareholders, I think, largely pretty nervous. Sadly enough, because of that sense of nervousness, instead of reacting based on a strategy, it seems as if more and more a lot of investors are beginning to react based on fear. Yeah, Craig, it's... Uh pretty scary market and to keep your cool in this scary market we are all on this emotional roller coaster ride that never seems to end i mean most of us at our ages don't like roller coaster rides because it kind of turns your stomach upside down it gives you a headache and if you just had that hot dog or ice cream it's not settling too well in your stomach so this kind of market kind of feels that same way when you're too old to go on one of those rides but your grandchild insists you go with him or her kind of feels like that. And so the ability to stay confident in your decisions pretty much dissipates after a day or two of this schizophrenic market that we've seen. We track what's technically called the VIX index, and it really is a measurement of the volatility. Now, I don't want to get too technical here, but it is double the long-term average. So it's twice as volatile, Craig, as it has ever been. And so that kind of leads to this bifurcated kind of ability to stay focused on what you want to do. And frankly, Managing money makes it even more difficult, especially if you are just three or four or five years away from retirement. So two emotions that we have to wrangle with are fear and greed. And certainly the fear issue has been paramount in most of our minds and understanding what sector to be in. As you know, Craig, we are sector managers, sectors of the market, meaning the stock market, the bond market, the utility market, emerging markets. So a lot of these markets have what we call a negative correlation to the stock market. So we want to caution our listeners to be very mindful of the relationship of different sectors. And as we go through this fear roller coaster ride, we want to make sure our, our listeners are in the right place at the right time and going forward, not looking backwards. We don't want to do what we call this rear view mirror approach. Oh, last quarter, this market sector did great. I'm putting all my money in this market sector. That's the magazine approach to managing money. We want to look forward where are the signals pointing to that suggest there's never a guarantee. They intimate where we should have our money and it tends to keep the scariness down a little bit. Yes, we do get surprises along the way. Be very mindful of not to react to the daily machinations of this market. That's a big major concern, Pat. Investors are then doing more reacting to the markets or acting on fear as opposed to staying true to a long-term strategy. Is that problematic? It really is. And historically, folks are buying in or selling at the wrong time. So it's a sell first and ask later trading approach. There's a big difference between being a trader and being a long-term investor. We have never been a proponent of trading unless you're a day trader and you know what you're doing and you've been doing it a long time. Frankly, day traders like this kind of volatility because they can capitalize on the gyrations of the market. But the other 99.5% of us 
are not traders. We are long-term investors. And so you're not buying gold in the morning and selling it in the afternoon or buying GE uh, on Monday and selling it on Friday. Most of us don't have the stomach for that kind of thing. And frankly, if you're doing it without some degree of education and experience, you're probably going to guess on the wrong side of that equation. So there is danger around every corner and understanding the fundamentals of any one of those sectors we think is critically important. And I caution investors not to be cavalier and just say, oh, well, I give up. Forget about it. I'm leaving it alone. I'm not making any changes at all. That's just not the right approach. Uh, you know, you want to be conscionable and passionate. And if you can't exercise those kinds of judgments, maybe it's time to hire a professional money management firm. And perhaps learning how to differentiate between acting and reacting or overreacting to the markets. And I suppose rethinking part of our relationship to Wall Street is maybe in order here, Pat. Let's face it, three, four years ago, the average investor didn't even know what the volatility index was. Now, all of a sudden, it's something that we're aware of with a great sense of fear and trepidation. And and I guess to be sure, a lot of the volatility that we're seeing, the price swings that take place over the course of a day, month, are things that we tend to uh, to get nervous about and react to. But does it necessarily mean, Pat, if you have a long-term strategy in place, that that means that these um, intraday month fluctuations always equates into a loss? No, it doesn't. In fact, sometimes when markets go down, you want to buy. Depending upon your risk level, your appetite for risk, your time expectancy of when you're going to use the money. So you want to use volatility sometimes to your advantage, where if a company gets bad news and it's not fundamentally bad, it's more of a top story in the six o'clock news, more gossipy kind of thing and not fundamental like Apple recently, this alleged problem, Apple's going to solve it, but the stock went down. So is that a good time to buy Apple? Perhaps. If you're a long-term investor and if it fits in with your risk appetite, it's kind of equivalent to, I equate this market, like you mentioned, the VIX index. 30 years ago, you or I didn't know what our cholesterol levels were. And so you didn't worry about it. And you ate French fries and fried chicken and eggs Benedict and all those cholesterol kinds of foods. Now we know what our cholesterol numbers are. We know our numbers like the back of our hand, like our age, like our last name. And so when you sit down to eat, you are computing in the back of your mind what that's going to do to your cholesterol numbers. Similar, no one knew what a VIX index. It wasn't invented years ago. Now we know what a VIX index is and we are sensitive to it and we are aware of it. We've got to manage it. We've got to manage the psychoanalysis inside our brain. That little voice in back of your head keeps saying, you know, buy or sell or get in and get out. It's that psychology that we assimilate all this new data. Yes, our cholesterol numbers, but also the VIX index and how that ties into our appetite for risk as opposed to our appetite for fried chicken. And in the end, learning to assimilate the data in a fashion that is usable information that will guide us to make smart choices, choices that work in harmony with our long-term strategy, that's critically important. And this is the reason why perhaps not only revisiting that strategy, reviewing your choices, but also reviewing how you analyze the information coming at you to make decisions is really critically important at this time. Pat, in the end, we're all concerned about the volatility that we're seeing and what's transpiring on Wall Street to impact the return on our investments. But I have to wonder if ultimately, as you have suggested in our conversation today, 
that the real enemy here isn't necessarily the volatility of the market per se, but the way we react to it. Do you think that's true? There's no question. There's been studies, and I've, we've got a, a chart that we, at some of our workshops, we put this chart up. And if there was just one slide I would want to talk about in this PowerPoint presentation, which has about 25 slides, the one slide is so illustrative of how investors buy and sell. And it really points out the long range impact over 25 years and the average performance over 25 years. And the differences are night and day. It's phenomenal because historically people get nervous when markets go down and they sell. And when markets go back up, they want to buy. So we do the exact opposite of what we should be doing. That's why people hire firms like ours to take the emotion out of that decision because we just are not wired to buy when things are going down. It doesn't make sense. Well, moreover, Pat, I think the big struggle that a lot of folks have, too, is that we've so become accustomed to sort of this casual approach to investing. You know, there was a day and age where you could indeed throw a dart at the wall at the name of almost any company and probably make a fair amount of money with really no effort whatsoever. We have seen a major paradigm shift within the markets. We need to also respond to that paradigm shift. And as we look at any major sports tournament, whether we're talking about teams that are making their way to the Super Bowl in January or to the World Series in October or the World Cup, where teams from countries all over the planet gather for more than a month to compete. Without exception, every time they talk to the winners of those big events, they talk about the strategy, what they did to watch the films, to learn about the other team, to be um, not only a study of history, but also anticipatory of what the next move is going to be, of what the trends are going to be, and in doing so, able to take advantage of the other team's weaknesses, capitalize on their own strengths, and move with that strategy toward the ultimate victory. And I suppose in many respects, Pat, that's true too when it comes to investing and saving for retirement. If your team has a strategy in place and it's timely, it's one that you're revisiting with regularity, then that strategy can be something that will serve you well. Failure to have a strategy or to execute upon it can really spell financial disaster. And that in the end is exactly where Vitucci and Associates can be of help because Pat, For over 30 years, you've been sitting down with folks and walking them through just these very kinds of challenges and questions to help people not only ascertain what their goals are, take a look at their assets, the tools that they have available to them, but then ultimately develop that strategy that will serve them to be on the winning team right into retirement. It's a strategy that takes you on the road to where you want to be. And without a strategy, without a roadmap to get you there, you will be lost. And so... It's indicative of kind of how we don't pay a lot of attention because we're so busy these days with more pressures at work, running the kids here and there, and maybe looking after mom and dad. And and you may even want some relaxation time. And so to build a strategy is one thing, but to stick to it and not to overreact to what your neighbor told you yesterday or or what somebody said at work about this segment or that segment. And just willy-nilly kind of being affected by news bits. And when you connect it all together, you get paranoid and you just jump in or jump out of the market, depending upon what the tidbits of information It really is the bottom line. We need to protect ourselves from ourselves. We've kind of our worst enemy. There was a study, Craig, Richard Thaler at the University of Chicago. He demonstrated that the more often people check stock prices, the greater they perceive their risk to be. So it's almost like this paralysis analysis and, and you get 
Was it Einstein said that 98% of the things you worry about never actually happen? And I think that's kind of what we're looking at when you get too nervous about a stock or a sector of the market and you go into this paralysis analysis mode. And that's why I I encourage our clients, even though our clients have 24-7 access into a website to look at their specific portfolio, I admonish them not to look at it every day. I tell them most once or twice a month. Some people, every time they log on to their computer, Craig, they have immediate access to to their financial statements and it shows the current market value. I mean, that's a little bit over the top in terms of studying it because if you look at it and you don't do anything about it, now you've just given yourself ingredients to be nervous for the rest of the day or be elated for the rest of the day. Either way, it's a misplaced emotion based on that moment in time. And on top of that, of course, uh, there's nothing more frustrating than someone who is trying to head to someplace and they're busy trying to deal with old fold-out maps that you used to get at the gas station and it's all marked and there's a crease in it and what you thought was a road actually turned out to be just a fold point in the map. Maybe it's time to readjust the strategy you have down that road to retirement. Maybe it's time to set aside the old fold-out road map you got from the gas station and fire up your GPS and get on the right track toward retirement. We had a, a listener come in last week and she announced to me that she'd stopped contributing to her 401k because she was putting $100 in per paycheck. And I reiterated to her, by the way, she's about eight years from retirement. I reiterated to her, look at it as buying shares on sale. You're buying shares for $10 a share when you buy. It's the hope that eight years from now, when you retire, those share prices go from $10 to something higher, 12, 13, 15, whatever it is. So you're buying items on sale And when you cash them in, when you roll them over to start getting monthly checks, the hope is that they're higher. Now, in the last 100 years, markets have generally improved over the years. Yes, there's been exceptions all over the place. But don't worry about the current market value of your 100 bucks that you just put in last month. Buy more shares on sale. In fact, when we're working, we really want terrible markets. Maybe not this terrible, but we really enjoy when the markets are bad. And it's the hope and prayer when we retire Markets get a little better, so we're cashing out at higher share prices. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Easier still, you can schedule your appointment conveniently online by going to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to scheduling your appointment online, you'll also find a number of resources available through the Investor Education tab, including articles and topics such as what we've discussed today on the program. Again, that's don'tinvestandforget.com to get more information or to schedule your complimentary appointment in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE? That's 888 888- P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Don't invest and forget dot com. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com.
Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.